DW. A lion can jump. It came through this fence. Then it brought it down. When it brought it down, it entered into the home or the pen. That's Simon Simel, a landowner and a Maasai elder whose property lies along the southern edge of the Nairobi National Park. A lion recently jumped over his fence into his goat and cattle pen, dragging out his biggest cow and pulling it through the closed, now dented gate. We found the gate wide open. Wide open. Lions don't usually attack Simel's livestock. He uses so-called lion lights, which blink at night to keep predators at bay. But since they hadn't had much trouble for a while, he had turned the lights off to save energy. The cow is a loss, he says, but that only happens once in a while. Such is the reality for people like Simel. His land is part of the Naretinoi Community Conservancy, a kind of overflow area for the Nairobi National Park, where wildlife roam freely. He grew up on this land, which belonged to his father. When I was young, there used to be many wild animals, wildlife, especially the, the wild beasts, the zebras, the eland, the gazelles, the lions. But as time went by, they started going away. As Nairobi grew to its current 4 million-plus inhabitants, that pushed the animals away. Simel's son, Vincent Ole Simel, is a community youth leader and works for the Wildlife Foundation, a local conservation group. A few kilometers from his family land, he shows me where the park ends. The city and the satellite towns have grown right up to its edge. On this side is Kitengela town, a very fast upcoming town. As you can see, it stretches all the way to those sides. Then this side of is Ath River Town. Ath River Town has uh, a lot of cement factories along Mombasa Road. Next to us is a school, and every few meters there are cattle and goats grazing next to zebra, wildebeest and antelopes. Nairobi City's skyline glimmers in the background. The Kenya Wildlife Service, the government organization in charge of the national parks, in May 2020 presented a 10-year management plan for the park. The plan focuses on upgrades to park infrastructure. Speaking to local TV stations, Kenya's tourism minister, Najib Balala, welcomed the plan and admitted that the parks have some catching up to do. Our parks have not been invested in roads, have not been invested in biodiversity, they have less animals, yeah? it is not managed well. Even when you go to our facilities, it ha- doesn't have toilets, there are no seats, there are no picnic sites. While the government admits these faults, Reinhard Bonke, a conservationist and activist who works with the Friends of Nairobi National Park, is worried about the effects of increased construction in the park, particularly plans to construct a luxury lodge in the park's forested area. So if you look at it from this map, they want to construct the restaurant or the, what they call the high-end lodge in this area and a helipad in this area. So what will happen? This is where the black rhinos breed. Reduce this habitat, of course, in, in, in the long run, this other side will also be declared not suitable for wildlife use. The tourism minister refutes that the development will cause any major disruption to wildlife. The plan, he says, is simply to replace the current camp, a tented lodge that costs upwards from $110 a night, with a more permanent eco-lodge owned by a private company. Bonke doesn't trust the government's intentions. 
In recent years, he says, the government has too often been swayed by investors, resulting in major infrastructure developments in and around the park. An elevated railway line built in 2018 now goes right through the heart of the park. A major connecting road pushed back the original park boundaries, and a grain company has built silos that also cut into the park. If the current plan goes the way they intend to do, the forest area will be majority gone. Eastern side is already not viable. If you go to the park through all the right now, you'll see the inland container depot road being constructed right in the park. So again, making this other side not good for wildlife. Another major point of contention is the plan to fence off the southern side of the park. This is the area where Simon Simel and other members of the Neretinoi Community Conservancy have their land. The area is part of a much larger migratory corridor, which animals use to reach other parks and protected areas to access food and water during the dry seasons. According to scientists, the loss of habitat caused by construction, fencing, climate change and other human activities has already resulted in a 95% reduction of the wildebeest population on this migratory route over the last 40 years. That is why up to now, the southern side of the park has always been kept open, explains Bonki. Wild beasts inside the National Park breed on this community land. These are breeding zones for wild beasts. They cannot breed in the park. Some lion families breed on this area. When it gets to the evening hours, giraffes come out of the park to go to this open space for security reasons. So they normally migrate daily basis in and out of the park. In its draft plan, the Kenya Wildlife Service argues that the fencing will keep more wildlife within the park, giving visitors more opportunities to watch them and reducing human wildlife conflicts. Repeated attempts by DW to contact the Kenya Wildlife Service have not yielded any response. In a counter-move, the Wildlife Foundation, where Simel's son Vincent works, discourages private fencing on the conservancy land. Rather, they pay landowners a lease to keep their land open. Traditionally, the Maasai only enclose their homes in animal pens. And even though newer landowners have fenced their land, Simel and other community members have maintained that tradition. They see land ownership more as a security measure, allowing their families, community and livestock to remain here. My happiness to wake up every morning and I found surrounded by wildlife, zebras, the gazelles, but... If they fence, it means that all that is gone. Never see them again. I don't like that. For now, conservationists have managed to obtain a temporary court order, stopping the approval of the new management plan. But the government is unlikely to back down. And so for both activists and people like Simon Simel, the fight over the park and the land around it is likely to continue for years to come. For DW, I'm Sela Oneko in Nairobi. DW.